0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Talk.
0: Recorded live. Moms and dads, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. And with yet another interview, uh, today I'm speaking with Mitch Woods. Mitch Woods and his Rocket 88s have been the uh, torchbearers of great American blues musical heritage, not for three years, but for three decades. They've taken their inspiration from the great jump and boogie outfits of the late 40s and early 50s. They breathed fresh life into that music that gave birth to rock and roll. Wood styled his group after the jumping, jiving, shouting, and honking, pumping, pounding bands of like Louis Jordan, Joey and Jimmy Liggins, Amos Milburn, and Ron Milton, Roy Milton. Adding a healthy dose of New Orleans rhythm and blues, pile-driving piano, and some of his own contemporary playful lyrics, Woods and his Rocket 88s forged their own brand of music they call rock Welcome, Mitch Woods. How are you, buddy?
1: Hey, I'm good, man. Nice <laughs> to talk to you.
0: And you were just and telling hello. me... You just, <laughs>
1: you just said you
0: were just got off a blues cruise. How did that go? <laughs> uh,
1: it's awesome. It's always... The blues cruise is always... Amazing, but uh, of course you get I get very tired because my gig is I you know I do my Mitch Woods Club 88 Piano Bar, which is an all night blues piano bar, and uh, most nights I don't start till one thirty in the morning, so. Uh, I've been sleeping for the last three days. Just to kiss. up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, so let's 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 back up a little bit. Um, how? Wh- tell me tell me a little bit. Tell us the story of Club 88. I know you talk about it on your new record, but go ahead and give the audience a little background of what the Club 88 is.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, um, about 12 years ago, or 13 years ago, uh, Roger Neighbor, the pre- producer of the uh, Blues Cruise, invited me on as a special guest. Uh, on the Blues Cruise, and uh, he said, you know, just do whatever the heck you want to do. And uh, I noticed there was a piano bar on board. So I went in there and just started playing, and pretty soon uh, I got an audience. Uh, People started coming in and following me. And um, so then late one night, I went back to bed, and about 5 in the morning, I got a phone call, get your ass down to the piano where you got a full crowd, and you better play. Uh, so that was kind of the genesis of it. Now we have like four or five pianists on each cruise. We all take shifts. But I'm kind of known for the late, late show. You know, that's my gig. And, uh, and then on the CD, we recorded live, uh, as you know, in January, with all my very special guests who come down and sit in with me. So that's the basis of it.
0: <laughs> um, and, and you mentioned your CD. It's uh, jamming on the high seas. Now, who are and there's it's a great. Uh, 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 when you talk about special guests, I mean, you just sort of get the feeling of these guys coming in late at night, uh, just to hang out and you know maybe get up and play. Who are some of the uh, uh, the the great uh, musicians that that just popped in that ended up being on the CD?
1: Well, on this CD, uh, <laughs> typically what happens is after everybody's finished playing their shows they'll come down to the piano bar and and play with me and it's a more intimate situation and more unplugged so a lot of fun so on this one uh, Tommy Castro came down and uh, we did a couple of cuts and then uh, Roomful of Blues uh, a bunch of the horns came down so they backed us up on quite a few of the cuts and um, uh, Coco Montoya Victor Wainwright Billy Branch the Lucky Peterson, Dwayne Dupsey, uh, I think I covered everybody. I can't remember. Now. So you'll have to look at the cover.
0: Look <laughs> at the cover. It's all on there. So you've been playing. So you are a, uh, you know, a, a dynamite, amazing uh, blues boogie woogie, uh, <clears throat> jump boogie, uh, piano player. Now, were you a child prodigy with the piano? How did you get in? How did you get started on the
1: piano? Yeah, no, I wouldn't say a child prodigy, but I, <laughs> when I was, uh, about 10, 10 years old or so, uh, my mom was a single mom. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Hey, forget about it. And, uh, <laughs> she used to hire the superintendent in my building, um, uh, to take me back and forth to kindergarten or school, wherever I was going at the time. And, uh, he's an African American and we stopped in at his family house. His cousins or something, and I heard somebody playing boogie piano, and I was like, wow, man, I love that. I want to do it. So about a year later, I was about 11. Fortunately, my mom remarried my stepdad, Abe, and he went out and got us a piano, you know, and uh, that's what got me started. But I, I started on classical, so I took classical for the – they got me lessons, you know, the first three years, three or four years. And eventually I got bored with that. But he said, listen, now I got your piano, you're going to play. So, <laughs> so that I was, yeah, how about if I get a teacher who can teach me popular music and jazz? And uh, I found somebody, and that was the beginning. That was great because it got me going. I learned to improvise and, uh, and they, you know, learn chords and scales. And, uh, and it really, you know, kept me inspired and, and let me move on. Why,
0: um... Yeah. How, why, so, so you end up sort of settling in this style, uh, this this blues, uh, jump blues sort of style. Can you, what, what, why do you think that was? What, what, what about that appealed to
1: you? Well, initially it was the boogie woogie that really got to me, and boogie woogie <clears> is <throat> kind of the roots, roots of uh, all the jump blues and the roots of rock and roll as well. Um, and I would hear these well, people told me I sounded like the boogie woogie piano players, so. I researched and I found, you know, I said, who's that? And I went out and bought <laughs> all the records I could find on uh, there's Mead Lux Lewis, Albert Hammonds, Pete Johnson. Those were some of the really great boogie boogie guys from the 30s and 40s. And that eventually led me, you know, I kept progressing with that. And then eventually when I got to California, I remember opening for uh, Charlie Musselwhite many, many years ago. And his guitarist said, oh, you sound like Louis Jordan, you know, that style. And and then it's, so that led me on to that. So then I went out and bought all the Louis Jordan albums I could find. And that's when I started into more Jump Blues style because he was a great inspiration. Yeah.
0: Um. <clears throat> so with the piano now, in blues, it, 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 you know, there's a lot of guitar players, you know, out there, you know, gunslinger types, you know, that are out mm-hmm. there coming on the scene. Fight, yeah, fight, you know, uh, you know, fronting their own acts and everything like that. And usually, the the guy on the keyboard is a supporting musician. Now, uh, how and when did you say, heck with that? I'm the guy. It's me. It's my band. I'm fronting the thing. How do you, how did you
1: get to that? Well, I was never a side man, really. I, uh, you know, when I started professionally, I actually worked with a. My girlfriend was the singer, and it was Mitch Woods and his Red Hot Mama. And so I was playing piano. Yeah. And she, you have a
0: knack for band names, my friend. What can I
1: say? You know, hey. <laughs> so she was. She was the Red Hot Mama. She would come out and feather boas, and you know, it was a really. Ballsy woman, mm-hmm. and uh, uh-huh. but we, you know, but uh-huh. so we were doing <laughs> Bessie Smith and Billie Holiday and and all that uh, good stuff, and then I was doing a lot of Fats uh, Waller material, and um, so, anyways, that kind of started it, and uh, eventually we split off. And you know, I had to front, I had to learn to sing. I mean, there's a whole story behind that. You want me to get into that? <laughs> yeah, because you said I was reading your bio,
0: and you were talking about how. <clears throat> you started to become more confident <clears throat> as a singer and I think that that right. is really important there's just something about popular music like if you're not singing you're really just not going to kind of really kind of it's rare that you rise to the same sort of uh position if you if you're just an instrumentalist versus being an instrumentalist and a vocalist so go ahead and talk about that
1: a little bit yeah, yeah. well it, you're right about that I agree and um you yeah, know I wasn't really singing at the beginning and then Actually, we wound up going to Hawaii, and I, I we got uh, some gigs over there. And I really loved it there. I was like, well, I don't want to come back. So um, I got a, a, an offer, and they said they can only afford one of us. So that was it. So oh, she my. went back, Red right out Mama's split. And, oh, and I figured I better, I better learn how to sing pretty quick. <laughs> and I did, you know what I mean? But, you know, that was a long time ago uh that was in the late 70s really (laughs) yeah yeah so you know you got to do what you got to (laughs) do but you know so anyways i really developed my own voice and piano and and, uh it was you know i could work as a solo artist and then when i came back to the san francisco bay area um i started the rocket 88s and and uh, that was my band i was the front man and the piano player, and basically, even then, I didn't even use a guitar. We use horns, because uh, as far I mean, I love guitar. Don't get me wrong, but it always overpowers the piano and all that. And uh, right. to me, it's not the the, the forefront instrument. Um, so, you know, the piano is out front with me and, and vocal. Uh, and I, I can tell you about that. We, uh, when I got back. Uh, to the Bay Area I I met John Furman who was a sax player for uh, David Bromberg band and a great sax player really a honking tenor player Uh, and Bromberg had retired his band he decided he was going to become a violin maker and um, so I inherited the whole David Bromberg band so with John Uh we kind of put that together yeah and it was had two horns sax and trombone uh bass drums they're all great great players and a little guitar <laughs> just a little bit um,
0: okay. now as your career progressed, you started putting out records with the with the uh with the rocket eighty eights um you started to get some accolades. You, people it, reviewers started typing in and started comparing you, putting you mentioning you in the same breath as a lot of your heroes. Now how was what's what's that like?
1: Uh wow. Well uh you know I, I I'm very glad about that. I'm incredibly glad, but I think it's taken me many many years to to get into that position, you know, I think early on, I wouldn't, I was, those are my mentors and everything. Um, so I'm really thankful for that. I think the, the big shift that happened, I don't know if you know about my CD, the big easy boogie when I worked with the fat domino band are you are you familiar with that?
0: I, I I read about that. I think that's, that's in your, uh, about
1: page on your, uh, website. Right. Right. Well, I've been coming to New Orleans for many, many years, and um, uh, I started working with a lot of the guys who play with Fats Domino, the members of his band. And I had I started writing songs in that style, and Fats was always a big hero of mine. You know, of course, Fats, Jerry Lee Lewis, Little Richard, and all the blues, great blues players as well. Um, so I decided I was going to make a CD. And I thought, well, who's the best band in the world I could get? And it was, I said, the Fat Domino Band. And I was very fortunate. Luck kind of came my way, and I was able to put them all together. And that was a situation where I worked with guys who were really my mentors, way, way above where I was at. But they accepted me, and actually I led the band. I mean, I was the front guy in the band. And it wasn't Fat, but it was Earl Palmer on drums who's uh the most recorded drummer in the world it's amazing he he was fast mm. drum a little richards herb hardesty who has been sax with hats for 60 years so that kind of really i don't know that was a very humbling experience and then and, but then to come past that you know i felt like i was accepted into the fold that that was like a that was like a turning point for you yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, and yeah, something yeah. else happened to you in New Orleans. You started to kind of what started become absorbed in a, in, a, in an additional bringing in some additional an additional style into your playing. You want to talk a little bit about the Professor Longhair and Dr. John and that?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I never got to see Longhair because I got here in eighty one, and he had just passed a few years before. But I loved his music, and it was always became a big influence on my style. The first time I heard it, I loved it. Um, And then I got to see James Booker. I actually got to open for James Booker when I first got here. (laughs) I didn't even know who he was, but I played this club, the Maple Leaf, and uh, the owner said, come on back on Monday, you can open for Booker. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) then I heard, you know, what an amazing piano player he was. So that was kind of my intro right here into New Orleans. And and then over the years, uh, Zydeco, uh, I love Zydeco and I got to play with some of that and, uh, I have a tune called Zydeco the boogie on one of my CDs. Um uh, so, and of course, Dr. John is really, he's the next in line after Professor Longhair. So I always trace it back a little further back to the roots, you know, and, yeah. uh, but he's also amazing and. Big influence on my piano
0: playing as well. So you you worked with a lot of people over the years. You you got to do this amazing uh, uh, thing with fat uh, uh, Fats Domino's uh, band. Um, I mean, you have you, you thirty years with the group. I mean, it's that's absolutely amazing. Um, you you ha- can you give us maybe one or two other? You mentioned the Fats Domino band thing. So what you had to have had some like really other like very powerful uh, sort of experiences or sort of think highlights that really stick out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, um, you know, I did a CD called Keeper of the Flame quite a while ago. <laughs> I think it was in 91. And, um, I decided I wanted to do duets. I was meeting a lot of the blues greats. John Lee Hooker was a friend of mine. Johnny Johnson, James Cotton, Earl King, Lee Allen. So, uh, I thought, well, it would be nice to do duets with them all while they were still alive, you know. Yeah. And so that was really special. John Lee Hooker was, uh, he he met me, and then he took a liking to me, and uh, I would play at his gigs, you know, with him, and he agreed to play on my CD. And then after that, he, he called me to play on his CD. So I'm on uh, Boom Boom is, uh, that he put out. And, um, wow. so that, that was a really special moment just to become friends with all those guys and, uh, Johnny Johnson as well, who was Chuck Berry's piano player. Right. We, be- we became good friends and, and we did uh four handed boogie woogies, you know, I got two pianos in the studio. <laughs> uh, so all those guys, you know, it's just uh, a great blessing. And I've always in my career, you know, just really been fortunate to meet, a lot of the blues greats and, you know, it was, at uh, my age, is kind of like we caught the tail end of the really great, great blues men from that era. Yeah. And it's really, you know, so there's hardly anybody left as BB just died and, you know, Buddy Guy is carrying it on and right. not many of the old timers left anymore, you know, so it was very, very important to my career and, and music. Yeah.
0: Um, speaking of uh, blues, then and now, can you give us your sort of opinion? It's just your opinion, you know, on the state of blues and boogie piano today. Are the new guys getting into it, or, or you know, what's going on? Um. Well, I think the,
1: the I think the festival scene is really great for blues, and mm-hmm. I think the blues festivals are thriving, which is really great to see and. I think people love it, and it brings out a lot of you know uh, varied age groups um, there. I think the blues clubs have been having a hard time for a long time, and uh, it's hard to get young people to come out uh, into that you know into that situation. Um, I do see a lot of promise with some of the this last few years actually with some of the young blues talent, uh, Jerica Singleton. And, um, you know, some of the younger guys that are come, Mr. Sip coming out of the south and all well, different places. And that's really encouraging. So, you know, you always want to see young young bloods come in and, uh, and keep the music uh, alive. As far as the piano, uh,
0: <laughs> you know, it's
1: really <laughs> there's not many people doing it. Uh, yeah, I could name them all, but people love it when they hear it and it's big in europe i'll say that there's a lot of boogie woogie festivals that i play and uh it's well loved in europe so i hope that could translate more to the u.s as well right 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 well thanks for
0: like kind of like you know talking a little bit about that i didn't I mean i didn't want to put you on the spot or you know have you you know <laughs> going god no no about it, so i appreciate you yeah. getting it because i don't hear a lot of boogie piano either and uh So I was just thinking, you know, that maybe I just don't travel in those circles. And uh, it's a beautiful uh, art form. And uh, let's hope that uh, we can, uh, you know,
1: some some younger folks can get inspired and get out there and, uh,
0: you know, carry on. uh,
1: I hope so. And I hope they check out the CD, Jamming on the High Seas, because, you know, I get to play with all these other great musicians. (laughs) And you hear a lot of piano in there, plus a lot of other great music, you know, musicians.
0: That that's a great record. I really I really enjoy it. Um it's a it's a lot of fun. Uh you were talking about I wanted to ask you something specifically about uh that record real quick. Uh uh you 'cause you're yeah. talking about um Zydeco and you guys do Jambalaya. Right,
1: right.
0: Right. Are you playing are you playing accordion on that?
1: Uh or are you
0: playing P I because I, I I wasn't sure if like No 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 you pick up an accordion once in a
1: while. <laughs> <laughs> I tried it, but uh, it's not my instrument. <laughs> but uh, that was a guy named Dwayne Dupsey who comes out of Louisiana, who's really great, plays great Zydeco accordion, and uh, but you know I'm friends with a lot of those. Buckwheat Zydeco was just on the cruise with us, and Terrence Simeon came and sat in with me, so I, I really have a love for that music as well, and and it it feeds it all feeds into the rhythm and blues and the music that I love, you know, Tab and, uh, and I play yeah. a lot, quite a bit oh. together as well. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. Um, I, and I know I I pardon if this is blasphemy. Do you ever do you ever <laughs> get sit behind an electric elect electronic keyboard, or are you just pure? It's got to be no. a piano. I do.
1: I do. I, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the reality is that uh, probably I play most electric piano because oh, okay, most gigs don't have a real piano, you know. Yeah, Uh, but I don't mind. They've gotten really good, and I use actually a Casio Privia. They they make really great weighted action keyboards, and with a great piano sound. Uh, But of course, I always in Europe you find a lot more grand pianos, Mm -hmm. you know, and at festivals and clubs. So believe me, I always prefer that if I can have it. But that's the way it is.
0: (laughs) I understand. I understand. So what's so what's next? for Mitch Woods and his Rocket 88s. And uh, and feel free to plug anything you have going on.
1: Well, um, right now I'm, I'm in New Orleans. I'm doing a, kind of a long-term residency here. I don't know if you can hear the music in the back. I'm in the Napoleon house. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so I can't talk too much. But uh, anyways, I'm hoping that's going to be an inspiration. Uh, it's going to be an inspiration for me and uh, I'll be touring uh, you know touring worldwide uh, over this, this with this new CD and then I've got a, a you know I was telling you about the Keeper of the Flame uh, CD I did with duets mm-hmm. I'm going to exp- I'm be expanding on that so hopefully that'll be my next pro- next project uh, you know where I did duets with John Lee Hooker and James Cotton and Johnny Johnson I just did a few more with Charlie Mosa-White and Joe Lewis Walker, and John Hammond. So now I'm here in Louisiana. Yeah, I'm going to try and record with a lot of my friends from here. And uh, that should be my next release. So we're looking ahead to that. Definitely (laughs)
0: looking forward to it. Um, uh, For the kids at home, you can go to uh, MitchWoods.com, and you can get all your Mitch Woods needs met there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Also Facebook. Yeah, and just yeah, you have a great YouTube channel too. Um, oh, and that, thank you. Yeah, it's really cool. And you on the main video, you actually invite people to say, "Hey, I I'll go anywhere and play." <laughs> that was really cool. So he'll come That's anywhere, true. guys. Just you just just uh, hit him up, and he'll go, go, he'll to go my and website. play for you.
1: Mitch would "Send me an email." That's right. Send him an email.
0: Get fired up. We'll get it going. Jamming on the high seas. Is the uh, uh, name of his latest record uh, recorded at the uh, Mitch Woods Club eighty eight on the legendary uh, Rhythm and Blues Cruise? Features some great uh, g- uh, uh, guest appearances by people like Tommy Castro and Papa Ch- po- po- po-
1: po- Chubby. And oh, Papa Chubby! Bloomful I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I saw that on. There. I, had, I I mean, I That's the first. That's the first track I went to. <laughs>
1: Ah, I'm a,
0: yeah. a Chubby fan, but uh, it's great. It's it great, great to hear this guy's playing this different uh, setting. And um, and uh, Mitch Woods is a bad uh, mf'er on the, uh, on the on the on the ivories there, guys. So you definitely <laughs> want to check this out. Get all his records. Go see him play. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Mitch, all right. You, you have a good body, you have a good uh, rest of the day, man. I know you're I know uh, you have a lot going on, so I'll let you get back to work, and uh, we'll stay in touch. Okay. You have a good evening.